and welcome to Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. My name is Christy and I'm joined by my marvellous co-host, Andy Bannister. Andy, hi. Hi, Christy. It's uh, it's great to be with you. How's life in London today? Uh, still in lockdown. <laughs> Starting to forget the days of the week. But apart from that, you know, weary but well in heart. Thanks. Um, yourself? Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't complain. So, Christy, who have we got on the show today? Well, we are very thankful to have the marvellous Anne Witten with us. Hello, Anne. Hello. Thank you very much for having me. It's great to be here. We're delighted you could be. Now, Anne, um, I understand you're on the leadership of Living Out and you're also heading up a mission at your local church. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, amongst pretty other much. things. But... That's, that's, that's really, what I'm supposed that's to be That's a great description. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit a bit about that? What does that look like for you? What does your day-to-day kind of rhythm week uh, look like with uh, with local church life? Because you're based at, is it Gateshead Central Baptist Church or as it will be in June anyway? It is, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of right at the heart of the community in Gateshead. Um, I kind of wish I did have a day-to-day rhythm, but um, <laughs> as a lot of people that are kind of involved with, exactly, <laughs> a lot of people who are involved with their church ministry will, will know that there are no two days that are the same really um but i guess what my role is is to try and look at how we can build community together and how we can reach out to the local community in gateshead and beyond uh, with the good news of jesus so thinking about what it means to share our faith with other people um, and how we can do that effectively we're quite an interesting church community because we're very diverse um so we're about kind of um a third elderly Geordie pensioners, um, about a third Iranian refugees and about a third kind of African families. Um, and then there are a few people like me who don't fit into any of those categories. So <laughs> it's um, it's good fun working out how we do church family together and um, how we how that spills out um, beyond our church walls, I guess. Glad you said there were others like like you, Anne, because I was thinking, which of those categories do you fall into? I hadn't <laughs> got you pegged as elderly Geordie pensioner. <laughs> uh, we were, as we were chatting before the, the, the show, um, Anne, I know you were talking about a lot of the ways that, that you and the church are reaching out, and a lot of those centre around around community, mm-hmm. about trying to you know build relationships with those uh, with those around you, whether in the wider community or immediate neighbours, tell us a bit about how that how you found that and and why you think that's been so effective. Yeah, um, so my my background is I um, before I did this, I was working in um, student um, ministry, so campus ministry with university students, and one of the things that we used to do there was called the the hub, um, which was a weekly gathering um, of students to get together around food and sharing um, discussion and games and that. Kind Kind of thing. I think one of the things that we noticed was that community is such a key need for people. Um, I think that um, a lot of students really felt quite isolated and didn't have anywhere that they could go that was just a place where they were known and cared about and um, could talk about stuff that matters as well. Um, so we what we're trying to do now is to expand that idea um, with our with a bigger group of people, not just university students. Um, so recently, we've we've set up something called Food for Thought, uh, which is a weekly. I mean, it's pretty much we've stolen the model that we were using on campus um, and just expanded it to people who aren't necessarily students. Um, so we've now got a mixture of people of different ages and different backgrounds, different nationalities coming together once a week to have food together, which I think is 
it's such a community building thing, isn't it? There's something about eating food together that bonds people um, and helps people to sort of let their guard down, build friendship, get to know each other. And then somebody will share um, a short talk. We usually do kind of 10 minutes or so, nothing more than that on a particular theme. Um, so it could be anything from um, from friendship to, to death to Easter. It, it could be literally anything. We had aliens once, so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we'll split into smaller groups and just discuss it. Um, we'll have some questions that are designed to, to kind of get get beyond the superficial so that we really share um, what it is we think about these these different topics but the key thing is that it's it's a community of believers and non-believers getting together and sharing ownership for this thing so it's not something that we as christians it's not an event that we as christians put on and invite non-christians to come along to there's no kind of privileged viewpoint it's 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 a sort of communal venture um, where we all get to share um, what life is like for us, what matters to us. And we all get to learn from each other as well. And it's, it's amazing, isn't it, when you look through the Gospels and just see how often Jesus kind of eats with people. Yeah. Um, he has a meal, he has this big discussion and uh, he's able to share something about himself. So that kind of creating that kind of um atmosphere and context of hospitality that community that you can invite Mm. other people in is so significant so how are you also doing this with the wider church community because it sounds like you're marvelously such a diverse group as you (laughs) went through all those different kind of brackets um is this for everybody or do you have different streams what else is going on yeah, I mean this this particular food for thought thing. Um, we it, it's still in its infancy. Unfortunately, it's kind of postponed a little bit because of coronavirus. We're having to go digital on it at the moment. Um, but yeah, the idea is that that is open for everyone. And actually, because it's um, it's not run just by Christians, because non Christians are involved in the leadership um, mm-hmm. and in kind of setting the agenda, they they feel well, it is their thing too. So they bring their friends along. That's very natural. Um, yeah, and then in terms of the the church community, um, we've also started doing this thing called Big Night In, which th- the idea was that um, often um, churches put on events and things, and we you know we publish um, brochures to advertise them and everything. We try to persuade people to come along to hear something, and we've been trying to explore how do we just do church as family you know what do families do when they get together well they don't always sit and listen to a talk um often they just hang out so we've been thinking well how do we do that as a you know as a group of very diverse people um food seems to be something that is central i think there's something very spiritual about food as as you just mentioned and um also, we have the bonus of having a lot of Iranians in our church who are fantastic cooks. So Amazing. I've I've put about two stones since um, <laughs> since we started doing this stuff because they will just you know cook an amazing pot of um, stew with all these amazing herbs that I've never even heard of. Um, I have to say some of the some of the elderly Geordies know how to put on a good buffet as well. So uh, <laughs> we're never knowingly underfed. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, it, and and I suppose um, the idea of the Big Night Inn is that we just, rather than being by ourselves in our own homes, um, doing whatever it is we would be doing, we just open up the church and we all get together and do that together. So it may be bring your knitting along, bring your crossword, bring some games. If you're working on something on your laptop, bring that along. Um, we all bring food to share and we just hang out together. So it's very 
it's very low maintenance. Nobody needs to be kind of running the event. Um, nobody needs to prepare content. You just turn up and enjoy being together. Um, and we'll take responsibility for doing the kind of clearing up and that kind of thing as well. Like a, you know, like in a sort of nuclear family, you're expected to muck in and just all help out with the with the kind of hoovering at the end and that kind of thing. Um, so it's just it's it's something where we try to deepen our connections with each other, but it's also a very low barrier to entry. So people can just bring their friends along, and it's not come to a Christian event. It's just come out and hang out with me and some of my friends, um, which. It, it, it enables then people who aren't regular churchgoers to come and experience Christian community without any kind of hang-ups or expectations on their response or anything like that. They just come and meet friends. I love um, I love that whole approach, actually, in terms of the low barrier to, to entry piece, Anne. I mean, we do... We do a similar sort of series of events at Solas where we found, you know, using cafes and coffee shops mm. could be really low barrier of entry things. One thing we find, though, when we work with, with churches on evangelism, and I'd love to hear your your thoughts on this, that sometimes I think the struggle can be that, that Christians don't actually have non-Christian friends to invite to these things. So that however good the and however low the barrier to entry is. Uh, sometimes Christians look around and they realise all of their friends are just Christians. Yes. Um, are there any other are there any lessons that you've learned? You know, maybe through the community and hospitality approach in terms of how you actually get to know people in the first place that then you can invite along mm. to uh, to big night in or food for thought. How can we how can we get to know our neighbours and our and the people in our community perhaps a bit better as, mm. as Christians? That's that's a really good question and that's something that um, I mean I've probably spent about half my working life in. Christian ministry, as it were, sort of full-time paid Christian jobs. And that's a massive danger that you suddenly look around and think, oh, I haven't got any non-Christian friends left. You know, everybody I'm hanging around with is a Christian. Um, me and my housemate uh, sort of arrived at that point um, a couple of years ago, and we were just sort of praying and thinking about how do we get to know people in our community? Um, so we, we share a house, and it, it's in quite a strategic position. Um, it's on a on the main road by a kind of pedestrian crossing, and everybody walking from the Heaton area of Newcastle into town basically has to walk past our house. So we thought, well, why don't we just kind of set up outside our house and see if we can talk to people um so we're both introverts so this was <laughs> this was an idea that we we kind of thought it was oh, a good wow, idea yeah. but neither of us want to do it <laughs> so um what we did was we invited some friends to kind of join in and we basically had a yard party and we put some tables outside we don't have a very big front yard but enough space for a couple of tables and we invited some friends a mixture of christians and non-christians to just come and hang out outside our house and um we live right near the entrance to the park as well so we put a, a load of we bought a load of books from a charity shop and um we it was again a mixture of christian and non-christian books and we said you know come take a book if you're heading into the park you know take something to read take a donut and um, we had donuts and ice pops and um when it was a bit colder coffee and tea and stuff um so we were just offering some refreshments chance to t- to borrow a book or take a book um and a chance to just chat we had some music going on we had some balloons and things and um, I must admit at first me and my housemate just thought we are going to look like idiots we're just going to be sitting outside our house and people are just going to walk past and, and just think what the heck um, but we we felt like God was asking us to do it so we thought oh, alright then let's go for it 
Um, and we were absolutely bold. We've done it a few times now. I mean, it's a kind of regular thing that, that we do. And we were just so surprised by the response. I think the thing that really got me was to, to start with, people would often go, oh, I'm too busy, I'm, you know, hurry past. And then quite often they turn around and come back. And um, I remember this one girl particularly, she was on the other side of the road and um, she said, oh, I haven't got any time, I'm going to the shops. And she got to the corner and she turned around and looked at us and she came back and she stayed for an hour and a half. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we had a fantastic conversation with her. You know, she was asking, well, why are you doing this if you just moved into the area? Uh, but we were able to talk about, you know, being Christians and just wanting to get to know our neighbours better and get to understand people in the community and what makes them tick and how we can serve people. And it was really good because I thought, I don't want to sort of have a cheesy sort of shoehorn a conversation about God in where it feels really contrived. But actually people were asking loads of brilliant questions and the topic of faith just came up really naturally. And I, I got to share my testimony with quite a few people Um there was another girl who'd just moved from Germany. Um, she was a couple of streets along. And this was the first time she'd ventured out of her house since she moved to Britain. And she was feeling really kind of lonely and isolated. And she came across us and, and she felt like it was just something sent from God, you know, because <laughs> we were like welcoming her and stuff. People were giving us hugs that, you know, they were just walking past and kind of, you know, connecting with us in that way that, that it felt like it was tapping into a need for community um and of course you know you then get to know people's names you then get to see these people when you're out posting a letter or whatever and you can carry on so you can carry on the relationship so I've now got friends that I know nearby that we've met just because we've hung around outside our house um and then of course you can invite those people to to stuff at church as well you know, one of the things I really love about that is that it's such a, um, it's such an easy thing to do, isn't yeah. it? You just kind of sit outside your house eating outside. donuts. You know? <laughs> yeah, enjoy the sun, have the donuts and, you know, invite people in. Because uh, you mentioned earlier on that you live in community yourself. And one mm. of the things I think that really struck me, I was watching your testimony, is uh, the role of physical touch. And I, you know, at the time of recording, we're in lockdown. Um, I live on my own. We're now on our third day of lockdown. Mm. And so all these things, they sound wonderful. And I hope that we'll all be kind of taking these on board for when, you know, hope when these sanctions are, 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 um, withdrawn and removed. But how, how do you think we can, um, continue that kind of community or have a, a really good presence with our neighbors, um, during COVID-19, particularly when, physical touch for many of us um, or even just sitting out in the garden enjoying the sun and having these chats is is something more of a dream that we kind of look back mm. to and oh yeah I remember when that that was so so good um, you mentioned that you that you were involved online with with your niece and you create all sorts of videos how can we make the most of technology during this time do you think yeah, that's a really good question. And I think a lot of us over the the last couple of weeks have been frantically thinking, how do we do church differently? How do we connect digitally when we're trapped in our houses and we can't you know, wander around to each other's houses or get together in a big group and hug one another and everything? Um, it's certainly a challenge. I mean, in our church, it's a challenge because we've got quite a few people who aren't connected to the internet at all. Uh, so so that's an interesting challenge. Um, perspective um, for a lot of people they are connected to the internet so we're really trying to use digital technology in creative ways and I'm sure like most churches in Britain we <laughs> we attempted the online service last week um, 
which we ended up kind of videoing it as a YouTube thing and, and having different contributions from different people, which worked really well. Um, I've been interested in digital technology for a while, um, primarily because of my niece. She, she lives in Manchester and I'm up in Newcastle, so we don't get to see each other as often as I was I would like. Um, and so I've been thinking to people, how, how do I share my faith with her? And I guess traditionally, I, I used to share my faith with people by giving them books. <laughs> and it's become more and more apparent to me that that um, a lot of my friends, and particularly friends who are younger, don't really sit and read books particularly. Um, they're more likely to engage with things on the internet. Um, even long-form articles don't tend to get read very much. But my niece loves YouTube. She's always watching little videos on YouTube. So I thought, well, how can I share my faith with her through that um we both have an interest in photography and um so what i did was i i've taken loads of photos and i've printed them out and i make a little three minute video um talking about a particular photograph and how it connects with my faith and then i just say a little prayer at the end um so i've, I've called it picture um picture this thought um, and i've i now seem to have made 37 of these videos <laughs> i'm not quite sure <laughs> um but it's, I mean, it's, you know, the, the production values are nil. It's me on my smartphone um, in my house or in my garden or whatever. Um, but I found that it's just a really easy way to talk about the difference that Jesus makes to my daily life and to reflect on a particular passage in the Bible or a particular theme. Um, so, for instance, um, I took a picture of a fisherman that I saw in Cambodia um, and that particular picture, um, I, I used that to reflect on discipleship and um, how Jesus called the fishermen to, to follow him. Um, but I've done all sorts of different topics um, from busyness and the future, God's presence, integrity, grief, humour, all sorts of stuff. Basically, things that I think are human issues and, and, and things that, that people will be interested in. Um, and at first it was just, I just shared it with my niece. Um, but then a few other members of my family have watched them and I've shared some on Twitter and Facebook. And then I've had people saying, um, oh, can I share this at my church? And so, so I'm quite surprised by, you know, some of the feedback and that, that people have been finding these helpful. Um, I, I, I guess I just wanted it to be a window into what does daily Christian life look like. And I think particularly the at first I felt a bit weird praying on video, but then I thought, well, for, for a lot of people who aren't Christians and don't go to church, they don't even know what prayer looks like. So, you know, this is a three minute just taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, this is what it, it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's something you can have, too. So um, they're not always um, explicitly evangelistic. They're not always kind of this is the a summary of the gospel. They're more um, little little snippets and little windows into what Christian faith looks like. Hmm. I think what I love about uh, about that, Anne, as we just draw the the threads together and, and wrap this up. I think uh, I love that idea that actually in our encounters with people, we don't necessarily need to feel we've got to package the whole gospel into that mm. one encounter. But as you say, if we give people snippets, a snippet here, a snippet there, and it's consistent. Um, I also love the idea that as somebody who's also actually, you know, uh, photography is a hobby. I'd never thought about using that actually in evangelism <laughs> and that idea, that idea about, you know, seeing what the Lord has drawn you to, whether it's photography yeah. or, you know, train spot, train spotting or, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. We did watch your video. Um, oh gosh! I, I thought they were going to cut that bit out. I love steam trains. <laughs> oh what! Someone, so, someone has to. to. Yeah. <laughs> no, this has been a really 
it's been a really uh, great 20 minutes. There's just so much practical wisdom here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing uh, that with us oh, and just helping, uh, helping, helping us see just ways that we can bring God to, to work in the every everyday sort of a uh, you know, rough and tumble of doing community uh, with people. And thank you so much for, for being our guest today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I've loved it. And uh, for all of you listening at home, uh, myself and uh, Christy will be back in uh, two weeks' time with another episode and uh, another guest. And I hope you enjoyed today's show. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Pep Talk, the Persuasive Evangelism Podcast. This is a listener-supported podcast. We can only make it with the support of our friends uh, across the country and around the world. And if you'd like to be a part of that community, simply visit the website, thepeptalkpodcast.com, and click on the Support the Podcast button. If you sign up to support uh, Solas and the podcast for as little as £3 a month, as a thank you, uh, we will send you a free copy of my book, The Atheist Who Didn't Exist, or if you prefer, Christie's book, More Truth as a thank you and through your support we can keep making more podcasts like this one